0: Hi there. Today, let's talk about something really interesting. Following the nuclear meltdown in 1986 in Chernobyl in Ukraine, there has been a 30 kilometre exclusion zone around the site, around the location. This zone is partly in Ukraine and partly in Belarus. Humans do not inhabit this area, which is still considered unsafe because of radiation. But scientists have been surprised by just how well this zone, this exclusion zone, has been populated by animals. Lots of wild animals, including wild horses and wolves, but also dogs which are the descendants of the pet dogs which were left behind when their owners left the area, the abandoned dogs of Chernobyl scientists are now studying the genetics of these animals to learn more about the effects of radiation, but also to understand how and why the animals are doing so well. So if you listen to this podcast today, there are some interesting ideas, an interesting topic, but you'll also learn vocabulary to do with ecology and the environment. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English we will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So, start listening now and find out how it works. I've talked before in a podcast about Chernobyl and about the dramatisation about the disaster in a mini-series which I watched during the pandemic. To say I enjoyed this series wouldn't be quite right. It's not enjoyable. It's horrific. But it's an important piece of history. And the miniseries was really well done. It portrayed the 1980s and Soviet-era Ukraine very well, I think, with some grim accuracy, perhaps. If you're interested, this is podcast 359. And it's still available on our website at adeptenglish.com. Just go to our Adept English website, click on Lessons and then search on Chernobyl, C-H-E-R-N-O-B-Y-L. And while you're on our website, don't forget to sign up for our free course, The Seven Rules of Adept English, if you haven't done this course already. This is a free course and it explains how to use the podcasts, like this one, most effectively to help you with your English language learning. Our podcasts aim to be dual purpose. They're interesting, but they're really good for your English language learning too. Now, one of the scenes that I found most upsetting in this miniseries about the Chernobyl disaster was the one where the soldiers went round shooting the dogs, rounding up and shooting the pet dogs that had been left behind when people fled the Chernobyl area. The word fled, F-L-E-D, is past tense of the verb to flee, F-L-E-E. And if you flee, it means you leave somewhere quickly and in distress. The idea of pet dogs abandoned by their owners, left to fend for themselves in an area of high radiation was heartbreaking. What I've learned since, though, is that many of these pet dogs survived and thrived That's T-H-R-I-V-E. To thrive means you live well, you do very well. And this is despite the cold, the radiation and the lack of food. Of course, there's a lot less food in an area where there are no human beings. And because Chernobyl happened in 1986, then the dogs that inhabit the area now are, of course, the descendants, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the original dogs of Chernobyl. And along with many wild animals, they are inhabiting this exclusion zone around the site. To inhabit, I-N-H-A-B-I-T, means to live in, to occupy. And we would talk about the place that animals inhabit as their habitat, H-A-B-I-T-A-T like the shop founded by Sir Terence Conran. So this 1,600 square mile exclusion zone around Chernobyl has been inhabited by many wild animals as well. There are moose, deer, beavers and owls all living and breeding happily in this zone, in this area they're undisturbed by humans. And that's given the chance also for brown bears, lynx, even wolves to proliferate. It's not only an experiment in how animals adapt to living with radiation, but it's also an experiment in how animals proliferate. That means increase in numbers and do well, where there are no human beings to destroy their habitat or to disturb them. Wild prowarski horses are a rare and even endangered species. Endangered means they're at risk of becoming extinct. E-X-T-I-N-C-T means there are no more left. It means an animal not existing anymore. But here in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, prowarski wild ponies, wild horses, appear to be thriving, doing very well. So there has been interest in the Chernobyl zone as an experiment in rewilding, in making the area wild again and seeing just how well the animals do. But these animals are still living in a high radiation area. So what is the effect of that? Radiation, R-A-D-I-A-T-I-O-N. That's the noun for the form of energy that comes from a nuclear reaction. And radiation is generally damaging to people and animals, especially in high doses. So how are the animals doing? How are they affected by radiation? Well, scientists studying this say that to an extent, it depends on the type of animal. Wolves, for example, that's W-O-L-V-E-S. The singular is W-O-L-F, wolf. Wolves are, of course, the ancestors of our pet dogs. Wolves have a large territory. They move around a lot. So the wolves in the Chernobyl exclusion zone move between high and low radiation areas. None of them are in the high radiation areas all the time. So they tend not to be as affected. Whereas animals that eat mushrooms, M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M-S, are much more affected because radiation concentrates in mushrooms and smaller animals have less of a range of territory. So if they're in the high radiation area, then they do become more affected. On the whole, what's clear though, is that the positive effect of the absence of humans, there are no human beings messing it up for the animals, disturbing their habitats, That effect is a positive and it cancels out or seems to cancel out the negative effect of the radiation. In other words, the presence of human beings is more damaging to the animals than is the radiation. That's crazy. And I guess this will continue to be the case as the plutonium from the Chernobyl factory 30 years on has now reached its half life, meaning the point at which the radiation is halved. So for scientists who want to study the effects of living with radiation on the animal's DNA, the domestic dog population still living in the Chernobyl exclusion zone is presenting something of an opportunity. Most of the animals living in this area are of course wild, therefore difficult to catch and do tests on without killing them, or damaging them. It's hard to catch wild horses or wolves without cruelty. But many of the dogs descended from the pet dogs of Chernobyl are still very friendly, and they approach the researchers wagging their tails, especially if they have food. When we talk about an animal being domesticated, that's D-O-M-E-S-T-I-C-A-T-E-D, we mean that it's used to Accustomed to living with human beings. And domestication isn't just about the experience of an individual dog. It isn't just a dog's experience of living with humans. Domestication is actually in the genes, it's in the genetics. So the dogs are still friendly. And because the dogs are friendly and willing to approach the researchers, it's possible to take blood samples and DNA samples for testing without harming the dogs. This is helping scientists to build up a picture of how radiation affects DNA. One of the challenges confronting the researchers is the broad range of DNA differences between different types of dogs. So, a Rottweiler is not the same as a Dachshund. Now, clearly, over the years since the Chernobyl disaster, the dogs have interbred. We talk about breeding. B-R-E-E-D-I-N-G in dogs and we talk about types or breeds of dogs. B-R-E-E-D-S. So a Rottweiler and a Dachshund are both breeds of dogs. So of course these dogs have bred freely with each other and are something of a mixture these days. But the dogs of Chernobyl present what's been called a golden opportunity to understand how a genome, that's G-E-N-O-M-E, a set of genetics copes with such extreme conditions as radiation. The results of this study are not back yet. The study is going to take quite a few more years to complete and draw its conclusions. But it's a really good example of how we can create something positive, some learning for the future, some understanding out of something horrific like the Chernobyl disaster. I love the idea of rewilding and how animals and nature do take over again, despite the challenges. I also love the fact that the dogs have survived, albeit in hard circumstances, and that many are still friendly towards humans and are able to aid scientists in their research. Don't you just love dogs? I do anyway. What a nice thought. I hope you enjoy that one. Please listen to it a number of times until your understanding improves. There's quite a lot of vocabulary in this one to practice on. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it. And please share it on social media.